Hello and welcome. It is an honor to be here with you on WWCR Radio November 20th. And I'm your host, Courtney Turner. I am the host of the Courtney Turner Podcast. You can find that at, it's spelled like Courtney. So C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-T-U-R-N-E-R.com. And you can find all of my work and uh, anything you want to know over there is a great place to find me. So I did recently, we had started a show uh, with uh, my friend, Dr. Lee Merritt, and we started a show called Dangerous Dames. And recently we were going through the Lucius Trust and I realized that there is so much here and I thought it would be a great thing to share with all of you. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Lucius Trust, but I'm sure many of you have heard of the UN (laughs) and Lucius Trust seems to be kind of the spiritual uh, guide behind the UN And it seems to be almost the religious force behind the UN. I use that word kind of loosely, but uh, I think it's appropriate. And as we uh, go through this, maybe you'll see why I feel that way. (laughs) Um, So for those of you uh, who are not familiar with Lucia's Trust, it was started by Alice Bailey. And she was a disciple of uh, Madame Blavatsky, who was the founder of Theosophical Society. And she was a primary disciple. The Theosophical Society, Madame Blavatsky, kind of popularized what is currently known as like the New Age movement. And another reason I thought this was just a really kind of important topic to revisit. And I will just preface by saying I am in no way any kind of an expert (laughs) on this. I'm really just starting to die. I've heard of these, you know, concepts and I've heard of Lucius Trust. I've, you know, heard of Blavatsky and Bailey, but I was certainly no expert in theosophy or their teachings or uh, their life work. And I'm definitely not now, but I'm starting to dive into some of this material because I think it's really uh, relevant right now. And part of the reason I feel like it's so relevant currently is because I'm seeing kind of this surgence of what I call the new, new age. I need to come up with a better term for it. But uh, for now, that's what we're going to call it. It's the new, new age. And what I mean by that is it seems like there is this brand or uh, movement that is working through uh, what I call also the truther movement. So it seems like it's very much being targeted towards the truther, which are, you know, kind of like people who are seeking to discern through all the lies. They, they're kind of like people who've woken up to the realization that we've been lied to about nearly everything, it seems, these days. And they're trying to uncover truths. And a lot of these people are in the also what might be called like the freedom movement. A lot of them are on the, you know, politically dissident right, although not all of them, certainly. Uh, But I think, you know, most of these people have very genuine intentions. They're really genuinely, authentically trying to uncover the truth about the world uh, that we live in and, uh, you know, kind of dispel some of these lies that have been pervasively told, it seems. And they, it's very much couched in this kind of love and light type of movement that seems very reminiscent of the original New Age movement. Only I think it's even more deceptive because it is being aimed at truthers. So 
there is deception at play. And this is just my observation, honestly, but I think it's super relevant. The other reason I think it's super relevant is because uh, the UN is working on something that they call UN 100, uh, which is to imagine the centennial of the UN. So the UN started in uh, 1945 and uh, they're calling it remaking the age of global enlightenment, remaking the world, the age of global enlightenment. This sounds very new agey to me. <laughs> I might sound that way to some of you as well. And they're imagining what the world will be in 2045. So this is being in done in partnership with uh, the Boston Global Forum. And it's being helmed by people like Michael Dukakis. Some of you may be familiar with him as the former governor of Massachusetts. And he recently had his 90th birthday that they celebrated. And he has also written this book that is being disseminated. And this is really geared towards uh, their their artificial intelligence, right? They're calling it the book. Sorry, we'll go back uh, so I can read that. Remaking the world of, uh, uh, I'm sorry if I... I can't see it. Uh, I can't read it. Uh, remaking the world towards an age of global enlightenment. Uh, selected for the History of Artificial Intelligence Award 2021. So, yes, this is being, uh, uh, they're trying to put together what they call the AI World Society. And uh, they they even, even had a symposium on uh, remaking Ukraine. And it was all about building back Ukraine. <laughs> These terms may sound familiar as well, right? Building back Ukraine after a time of war and how they're being decimated and we need to rebuild Ukraine. Well, what it looks like they're trying to rebuild Ukraine for is this AI World Society. And the AI World Society, they want the hub to be in Ukraine and they're going to connect it. This is what they talk about. Their plans are to connect it to all of these other smart cities. So they're smart cities, digital cities, uh, and they're now building the, these like the Bill of Rights for AI. They're talking about, you know, peace and security in Ukraine. Um, they're connecting it to a lot of, a lot of the major cities are, are they're envisioning will be smart cities if they are not already in uh, plans to, to be smart cities now. And they're just talking about, you know, having basically a global uh, world through AI. It's kind of this Hyborg mind is what they're envisioning and imagining. And this is what they have put forth. So this kind of sounds like the digital version of a lot of what the uh, Lucius Trust had imagined, a lot of Alyssa Bailey's. Uh, teachings. And so I think it's very, very relevant now. And uh, so therefore, I thought we'd take a little look at it. I'm going to start by uh, playing a video for you. It was circulating on Facebook and TikTok. So this is not mine. I do not, you know, necessarily, I can't speak to the veracity of really much of the material in here, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear because certainly some of it does seem to be playing, playing out currently. And uh, it does look like it's very much aligned with the values of the UN. So we will play that now. The story, the villains are usually defeated. The ending is a happy one. 
I can make no such promise for the picture you're about to watch. The story isn't over. You and the audience are part of the conflict. United Nations headquarters, which was built in 1945 and financed largely by John D. Rockefeller. Inside UN headquarters is an ominous meditation room. The custodian of the meditation room is Lucis Trust Company. At one time, the Lucis Trust was located at 666 United Nations Plaza and was formally named Lucifer Publishing Company. The Rockefeller-funded UN Meditation Room is 33 feet long and 18 feet wide. 18 feet is 6 plus 6 plus 6. The small, dimly lit, windowless room was built in the shape of a pyramid that is laying on its side. At the center of the room is a 4-foot-high, black, casket-shaped stone slab which weighs 6.5 tons and is extremely magnetic and rests on a concrete pillar. The pillar descends beneath the floor into the bedrock and taps into the Earth's hyperdimensional energies to induce a state of altered consciousness. Not far from the meditation room is the United Nations Security Council chamber. This is the emergency room of the UN, where the world leaders meet when there is a threat to peace. They decide the fate of nations. Notice the giant mural that towers over the Security Council room. The central focus of the UN mural is the phoenix bird that has risen. The phoenix bird is a symbol of Lucifer. Egyptians believe that the phoenix symbolized a god who rose to heaven in the form of a morning star like Lucifer after his fire immolation of death and rebirth. Notice that the phoenix bird is not standing above his own ashes. He is standing above his old skin. Like a snake, he has shed his old skin and is revealing himself as God at the center of the mural. At the top left, there is a church steeple without a cross. The missing cross symbolizes the death of Christianity. Below, a woman receives the rays of the sun god, while the man in front of her plays Pan's flute. To their right are two pyramid symbols and people joined together by a long blue serpent-like cloth. Below the risen phoenix, a sword is driven through a dragon beast. This represents the killing of all beliefs and religions that depicted Lucifer as a beast. The New World religion worships him as beautiful. Behind the phoenix, the ghostly figures of the walking dead are stepping into a void. They symbolize depopulation. On the right panel, the pale horse from the book of Revelation is the bringer of death to humanity through weapons, hunger, and disease. The man is releasing him. The chained black man represents slavery, while the top panel of the mural shows a technologically advanced white race who control industry, art, and science. In this post-apocalyptic mural, the military man standing on the tail of the beast represents worldwide military power. He tips his helmet to the elite, who are climbing out from underground cities, where they safely hid from the apocalypse. In the main oval panel above the phoenix bird, a woman is holding flowers. She is the bride in a wedding ceremony. 
Could the newlywed symbolize William and Kate? The serpent in human form is tempting the little girl Eve, who accepts the apple. On the right side of the top panel, a reptilian green creature with scaly skin is dancing with a naked woman while musicians entertain him. The general message of the UN's Phoenix Rising mural is that humanity is stepping into a new Luciferic reality. Beneath this disturbingly prophetic mural, world leaders make global decisions that affect the lives of nearly seven billion people. An occult organization that currently has its headquarters within the United Nations. The objectives of this organization, Lucia's Trust, have been codified and embodied in the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights and in the United Nations Charter. Alice A. Bailey, the founder of the quote organization Lucia's Trust, developed 10 strategies to establish a new world order. These strategies are number one. Push God out of the schools. If the people grow up without reference to God, then they will consider God irrelevant to day-to-day -day life. They know that they have to go after the very things that the Judeo-Christian tradition honors and values. Uh, morality, belief in God, faith, the importance of family, the sanctity of life, uh, the sanctity of marriage. Number two, break the traditional Judeo-Christian family concept. Break communication between parents and children so that parents can't pass on spiritual values to their children. Do this by pushing excessive child rights. They are extremely anti-parent. It, it, it is an effort to get the children to abandon the values of their parents. Through the propaganda they teach them, seven hours a day for 13 years, and even longer if they attend college. We are losing most of our children to the other side because of the anti-American, anti-God, and anti-free enterprise rhetoric they are filled with in the government schools. Number three, remove restrictions on sex. Sex is the biggest joy, and Christianity robs people of this. People must be freed to enjoy it without restrictions. But their game right now is to corrupt the 15 to 25-year-olds or less. And right now they're down in the first grade with Heather has two mommies, daddy's roommate, uh, gay pride parade. And now by eighth grade, they'll pass out condoms and school colors because that's so patriotic. Number four, since sex is the greatest expression of man's enjoyment of life, man must be free to express sex in all its forms, homosexuality, orgies, even bestiality are desirable so long as no one is being abused or harmed. We also see immorality being promoted through our schools, the kind of sex ed curriculum that is being used and paid for with our tax dollars would shock most parents. Number five, people must be free to abort unwanted children. If a man can have sex and then live without the consequences, then the same should be true for a woman too.
They are for the entire feminist agenda, uh, starting with abortion on demand, tax-funded abortions. Number six, every person develops soul bonds. So when a soul bond wears out a person, must be free to divorce. When one starts to grow, one must be free to get together with that person, even if they are married. Their entire purpose was to detach our culture from any moral anchors whatsoever. Number seven, diffuse religious radicalism. Christianity says Jesus is the only way. Diffuse this by A, silencing Christianity, and B, promoting other faiths, the creation of interfaith harmony. At its core, it's a rebellion against God and God's uh, laws. And that's what the battle is about. That's what the assault is, is on. That's why Christianity is, is, uh, is a target. Number eight, use the media to influence mass opinion. Create mass opinion that is receptive to these values by using TV, film, the press, etc. Note well. What Western believers call normal in the African church would be pornography. They look at what holds society together, they understand it, but they don't want that. They want change, and they will subvert and rot every good and decent thing we believe in. Number nine, debase art in all its forms, corrupt music, painting, poetry, and every expression of the heart and make it obscene, immoral, and occult. We are all part of one life, one planet, one humanity. Yet we live such busy lives that we often forget our essential oneness. Yet the future of life on the planet depends on... All right. Well, looks like we're restarting. So as I was saying before we played this, there I can't speak to the veracity of all the material in there. I thought it was really interesting, however, uh, the analysis of the, the paintings and the artist, the artwork, and uh, it does seem very much aligned with what I know of uh, theosophy and certainly of Alice Bailey's uh, teachings and beliefs. And the 10-point plan uh, that has uh, supposedly been used as the charter for the UN, again, I, I don't know where Alice wrote that. I can't speak to whether or not she did. But I do see that it looks like those do seem to be the values of the UN and of the, the people who believe in global citizenship, which is kind of the slogan, the tagline that the UN is really pushing forth. And here, just very quickly, are these... Uh, the 10-point uh, plan that they're talking about is, one, take God and prayer out of the education system. Uh, we very much see that in the, the United States and, uh, you know, really in Western education in general. Uh, I have lots of thoughts on that. Maybe I'll do an episode on education, the Prussian model, and uh, part of what they've done and why they've taken uh, God out. You know, they, they claim it's separation of church and state, but 
it seems more like they want to claim that and then they've replaced it with their esoteric because a lot of what they're teaching is Marxism, which we can actually, we have quantifiable evidence that that is Satanism. Two, to reduce parental authority over children and what's happening now in education really alludes to that. They are really trying to turn the children over to the state and they're doing this mostly through uh, mental health checks. Uh, Number three, destroy the traditional Christian family structure. And this is something that, uh, um, that Bailey and uh, actually uh, Blavatsky talked about was the need to uh, replace Christianity. Blavatsky's own words say that we oppose the materialism of science in every dogmatic theology, especially the Christian, which the chiefs of society regard as particularly pernicious. Uh, so that's, uh, and then uh, the rest of the 10 point plan, uh, we go to four, if sex is free, make abortion and make abortion legal and easy. We definitely see an abortion agenda. And I think that's a huge part of what the feminist movement was designed to do, the women's liberation movement, which I think is an inversion and a lie. Again, my own opinions, but there's lots of evidence pointing towards that as well. Five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. And this is, of course, I believe, designed to destroy the family um, and, uh, yes, traumatize the children. And uh, then where is number six is to make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. And uh, we, we can make lots of conjectures about that as well. Seven, debase art, make it run mad. And this is something I'm very, very passionate about. I do something called the Cause Fest. It's creative artists uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. And you can find more about that. Uh, my website, you go to the events page or you can go to Rebels. That's rebels, plural, four spelled out, F-O-R, cause.com. And you can see the 26 hours of content we have up there. Uh, But really, we're trying to give a platform to those independent artists because uh, the mainstream does not let them have a voice. And they have co-opted arts for the purposes of culture creation and social engineering of the masses. And yes, so uh, for those who are watching, they can see it. For those of you who are listening, you can go to the website and uh, check that out. And the last one was in Franklin, Tennessee, June 3rd and 4th. We had 53 acts total, as I said, 26 hours of content. So definitely go check that out. We are currently seeking sponsors and donations because it is a very expensive event. Uh, But those who were there or even watching, you can see we really had top-notch equipment and production because I think it's really important that if we're going to show that we're for something, we have to do it well. And uh, I personally am all for independent creative arts. I I am an artist myself. I was a former actress, producer, and I am an aerial acrobatic performer. I actually did two aerial performances uh, at the Cause Fest. So it is something I am personally very passionate about. So we are at number seven uh, on this uh, 10-point plan, which, again, I don't know for sure that this is, uh, you know, it's not verifiable that it came from her, but we are definitely seeing it play out, in my opinion. Eight, use the media to promote change, promote and change mindset. And uh, those of you who are familiar with my work, I've done a lot of deep dives on Tavistock, and this is something they were very instrumental 
in uh, executing and uh, studying. Nine, create an interfaith movement, which I believe is largely what this Lucius Trust is designed to do. And then number 10, uh, which is to get governments to make all these laws and to get the church to endorse the changes. So it certainly looks like that's what we are seeing today. Um, Yeah. And so I'll read like a couple of quotes. I don't want to take up too much time with this, but I, I think, you know, oftentimes because the new age movement is very much couched in this, you know, love and light kind of sentiment. A lot of people have a hard time believing that it really uh, might not be that, unfortunately. But here are a couple of quotes just from Madame Blavatsky herself um, that might uh, indicate that it is not so much uh, love and light, it, that it might actually be a satanic or a Luciferian belief system. Stand in awe of him and sin not. Speak his name when trembling. It is Satan who is God of our planet and the only God. Once key to Genesis in our hands, it is a scientific and symbolic Kabbalah, which unveils the secret, the great serpent of the Garden of Eden and the Lord are identical. When the church therefore curses Satan, it curses the cosmic reflection of God. In this case, it is but natural to view Satan as the serpent of Genesis, the real creator and benefactor of the father of spiritual mankind. So this is the mentor to Alice Bailey, who created the Lucius Trust. Uh, for it is he who is the harbinger of the light, brilliant, bright, radiant Lucifer, who opened the eyes of the automaton, Adam, created by Jehovah, and as alleged, was first to whisper in the yea, Eat thereof, ye shall be as Elohim, knowing of good and evil, can only be regarded in the light of a savior, an adversary to Jehovah. He still remains in esoteric truth, the ever-loving messenger who conferred on us spiritual instead of physical immortality. Satan or Lucifer represents the active centrifugal energy of the universe in a cosmic sense. Fitly is he as adherents consigned to the sea of fire because it is the sun, the fount of life in our system where they are petrified and churned up to rearrange them for another life. That sun, which is the origin of the active principle of our earth is at once home, the source of the mundane Satan. And this is from the secret doctrine uh, by Madame Blavatsky. Um, Yes, and the other thing I wanted to point out is that a lot. There, I have heard people argue that uh, it was not; it was never called Lucifer Trust. <laughs> I, I know the video had mentioned that, and it was called Lucifer Publishing. Call uh, in and in 1923. You can see this. Uh, there's the source is uh, the hidden dangers of the rainbow, um, and also you can also see it in Alice Bailey's book. Initiation, Human, and Solar. And uh, uh, when you look at that book, it says that the original publishing company was Lucifer Publishing Company. And uh, they changed the name a year later to Lucius Trust. And that houses, you can see all of their all of their published works is a lot of the New Age books. And it was designed to uh, further the teachings of Madame Blavatsky and Alice Bailey. And 
So there are several different, uh, you know, schools and networks of light, as they call them. And the first one is Lucius Trust, of course. Uh, yeah, so that's the Constant Comely book. Uh, Comely book, sorry. Uh, it's the Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow, the New Age Movement, and our coming age of barbarism. So the Lucius Trust... Uh, which was uh, for several years actually located at 666 uh, United Nations Plaza. And uh, <laughs> that it's now located um, well on Wall Street in New York City. Although it has three kind of branches, and we'll go through that in a minute. You know, one in London and one in Switzerland that seem to work as a consortium of sorts. Uh, and of course have several other outreach and uh, other organizations. And it works as like a consortium a consultancy to the UN and uh, also to their, uh, what was it? Their economic, I'll have to look up the exact name. It's something economic division. And uh, the Lucius Trust is, uh, provides, yeah, worldwide financial support for the Arcane School, World Goodwill, which we'll get to because World Goodwill is very involved in kind of the spiritual teachings of the UN Uh and uh, promulgating a lot of the belief system and teaching of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey, uh, also noteworthy, she came to this country, I believe it was in 1917. And uh, in uh, it was here, while she was here, that she then became acquainted with uh, Madame Blavatsky and the teachings of theosophy. She, in, uh, I think it was around 1919, then met her uh, second husband, who was Foster Bailey, who was a very high-level Freemason, and uh, they were together involved in a lot of these, uh, the, the projects, such as building the Lucius Trust. And uh, yes, right on their very own website, it says that it was initially named Lucifer Publishing Company, and that, of course, that it was established by Alice and Foster Bailey in the state of New Jersey in May 1922 to publish the book, Initiation, Human, and Solar. The ancient myth of Lucifer refers to the angel who brought light to the world, as it assumed the name was applied to the publishing company in honor of a journal, which had been edited for a number of years by the theosophical founder, uh, Madame Blavatsky, and it soon became clear that Bailey's uh, Christian groups have, so they say that they've traditionally mistaken the identified Lucifer with Satan. Um, although I, I think there's lots of uh, teachings that would indicate otherwise that they are the same. However, what a lot of people refer to is the uh, the left hand, right hand, you know, or some might call it the dialectical uh, paradigm. And uh, they look at the left hand as being kind of the overt uh, Satan, you know, satanic teachings of people like Le Le Anton LaVey or Aleister Crowley versus uh, the right hand, which is typically thought of as Luciferian, which is a much more deceptive type of uh, pointing towards the same ends. Uh, this is the belief that... Um, Luciferianism is also Satan, but it is the deceiver and it is the, because he was the most beautiful angel. And so therefore he has deceived uh, those into following the satanic path. Although uh, it is not under the overt umbrella of Satanism. And uh, then 
Yeah, so it was also Triangles, uh, Lucius Publishing, Lucius Production. They have a whole production uh, uh, outfit, and I, I'll show you a video from that at the end if we have some time. The Lucius Trust Libraries and the new group of World Servers, which uh, is uh, very interesting. <laughs> it uh, looks like they're creating kind of this, uh, what looks a little like a cult-like type of uh, entity, they have a festival for these uh, world servers, and uh, I'll show you that site in a minute uh, for those who are watching, and I'll read it. Yeah, so it's just called the Festival Week of New Group of World Server, and they have this every seven years. This was, uh, the last one was December 21st to 28th of 2019, and uh, on their website, I'm reading from their site directly, it says, all who love humanity and earth who express that love through the lives of active servers service from one group in consciousness, the new group of world service. So this is why, you know, I think there is a lot of deception because they're trying to bring about what it looks like to me is really this one world religion. And they're doing it through their, you know, what I call institutional capture. And that is why the ecumenical, Interfaith movement is something that the UN is pushing so hard because they're really trying to drive us towards this unified one world religion. And Alice Bailey herself talked a lot about she actually came from an Orthodox Christian family and her first experience with a ascended master, uh, which is something she talks a lot about. Uh, was it when she was at a church and they, they talk about how she was a very, uh, you know, rebellious and she just couldn't tame herself. And he came to her and this is the quote he told, and this is from her unfinished biography. He told me that there was work that is planned that I could do in the world, but that it would entail changing my disposition considerably. I would have to give up being such an unpleasant little girl, and I must try to get some measure of self-control. My future usefulness to him and the world was dependent on how I handled myself and the changes I could manage to make. He said that if I could achieve real self-control, then I could be trusted, and that I would travel all over the world and visit many countries, doing your master's work all the time, he added. And that he would be in touch with me at several intervals of seven years apart. So now we know why this uh, festival is every seven years, right? At least it would seem that that is why. And uh, that was his her first contact with the Master Kutumi, uh, who had secret cheese, familiar spirits, angels, and the Ascended Masters, a common theme in the annals of, uh, you know, the... Uh, new Age and Theosoph Theosophical. Um, and uh, later, the master who encountered her uh, was someone who worked with her for, I believe it was 30 years. And this was the one who helped her write several books. I think she wrote 24. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but it was several books. And this one, I forgive me if I pronounce it incorrectly, but it was Dual Cool. Uh, I'll spell it for those listening, D-J-W-H-A-L-K-H-U-L, and uh, uh, oftentimes he's referred to as D-K, and uh, this was he, her ascended master and guide uh, who she believed cha she channeled 
uh, to write a lot of the works that she did and who would send her messages. The Arcane School was founded in 1923. This school gives correspondence courses in meditation and the occult from its branches in New York, Geneva, London, and Buenos Aires. And then there's the World Goodwill. Uh, and that was founded in 1932. The organization is recognized by the United Nations today as an NGO, um, which I just kind, kind of found a little funny. That's just my own personal note on that. I found it funny because... Uh, you know, what, what is an NGO? It's a non-governmental organization. Um, isn't everything that is not in the government an NGO? Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you look directly on their website of the w w World Goodwill, uh, this is under the Lucius Trust website, and it, it talks about how the United Nations is manifesting the vision of the one humanity. So this is really bringing about that very... Uh, you know, the drive towards the one world governance, the one world religion, uh, this centralized governing body. So, and this is right on their own website. So this is not my interpretation. The World Goodwill works directly with world federalists, as they call them, and is part of the work to externalize the hierarchy of illumined minds, which will usher in an age of maitra. Uh, so the Maitra or the, uh, you know, the, the Lord that they're, uh, that they're waiting, they, they have often referred to him as St. Germain and he is the master of the seventh ray. So this is very interesting to me <laughs> because I actually recently, uh, and uh, I haven't released it yet, but for those who listen to my podcast, you'll check it out. I think it's coming out either this week or next. Uh, but I was interviewed by someone who did a soul ray reading. I had never heard of a soul ray reading. It was quite fun. And there was actually a lot of uh, really, you know, very, what felt very accurate kinds of readings from this. And uh, it felt actually a little bit too intimate to do. Uh, you know, perhaps I would, if that were something I was into, I would do that in a much more intimate setting. But now knowing what I know about uh, Alice Bailey and the Theosophical Society, it does seem like this is a very much a new age uh, teaching uh, or a Theosophical uh, teaching. I had never heard of the, the soul rays before. So St. Germain has a St. Germain Foundation and the temples are called I Am, the I Am temples. And I had recently seen an I Am temple and I immediately thought, wow, that is totally some sort of inverted type of uh, narcissistic propaganda. That was my just gut response when I saw it. But, uh, you know, for those who are watching, this is the, you can find it on you on uh, uh, Wikipedia. For those listening, there's a picture of the St. Germain uh, in uh, Seattle, but there are several of them. I think the main one is in Illinois. And uh, yeah, so that's who they see as the, they talk about the Messiah coming and he is going to be a world teacher and that is who they're referencing. And a lot of people have alluded to this being a, uh, you know, a Luciferian or inverted uh, teaching of Christianity because it is not, Christ was never coming as a teacher uh, that was not uh, part of the biblical teaching. So, but they believe this, uh, Age of Maitra um, 
will be ushered in through this messiah uh, who is Saint Germain. And then there's Triangles, which was founded in 1937, and it is the name of a global network of cells whose member uh, pray a great invocation, especially on the full moon, when members of Triangles can be influenced by the astrological signs of the zodiac. Which also brings me to, uh, they believe in the Aquarian age is going to be uh, coming. And there is actually, which I, I did not know this, I thought this was also fascinating. There is the uh, Aquarian age community that is part of the UN. <laughs> so they talk about, now I have read some kind of, you know, things that are seem to be contradictory about uh, the Aquarian age and what that actually means or the uh, Aquarian conspiracy. And, uh, but it does seem to center around this idea of uh, team building, group work, and this is very much aligned with these uh, world federalists, this, uh, you know, this festival that they're having for their uh, workers, their servers, um, world servers, as they call them. And uh, the age of Aquarian is the knowledge of souls and the promise of the Aquarian age. Energy follows thought. Um, so that's uh, you can find that on the Aquarian the uh, the UN website has this age of uh, Aquarian community. Sorry, yeah, the Aquarian uh, the Aquarian age community is what it's called. So yes, and this is that they consider it an NGO branch of the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs. Which, of course, Lucius Trust is a consultancy to. That was what I was trying to remember in the beginning. Uh, the Department of Economic and Social Affairs. Doesn't that sound lovely? So this is what they are uh, very busy working on. And uh, then maybe this is a good time to go to the uh, Lucius Trust. Uh, we can look at the world servers uh, on that. This is part of a Lucius Trust or Lucius Productions, and they have several videos, and uh, this is on their website. Uh, what do they call it? I am looking for it now. Um, so they call it the uh, Manifesting the Vision of One Humanity. It's the World Goodwill blog. Uh, yeah, so the new group of world servers Okay, yeah, the New World Servers, and they have a video, so it might be a, a good thing to play a little bit of this, so you can kind of see the language, and it very much seems reminiscent of, again, like New Age, kind of pushing towards a one-world religion, and that is something Alice Bailey talked about a lot, you know, the uh, we were going to have the Lord of the World, and we were all going to be one, and... So this is what the world servers, and she very much believed in us being global citizens. What do we hear constantly? Uh, the mantra from uh, the UN and their acolytes and the, the WEF, they, they talk about this as well. So if we have that video, I'm going to play that for you. And it's again, it's directly from their website. We are all part of one life, one planet, one humanity. 
Yet we live such busy lives that we often forget our essential oneness. Yet the future of life on the planet depends on those of us who know that the world is one. Hundreds of millions of people not only know this truth in the depths of their being, they are living lives which seek to serve the good of the whole. Who are their new group of world servers? All world servers form one group in consciousness, the new group of world servers. This group initiates and carries forward every activity which fosters goodwill and right relations. World servers seek to be harmless, constructive, and inclusive in their thinking and their actions. In essence, the group is a field of mind and heart expressed in purposeful, creative activity. It provides a natural bridge into higher realms of love and light and purpose where the great beings of compassion and wisdom recognized by all religions are to be found. World servers are active in all fields of life and all countries. Through the quality of their lives, they are laying the foundations for right human relations and ultimate world unity. Is there an organization? The new group of world servers is a living organism. It is not an organization. It has no headquarters or official representatives. Every person in every country who is living a life of service to the good of the whole is a member of the group. Who exactly are they? Every man and woman in every country who is working to heal the breaches between people, to evoke the sense of brotherhood, to foster the sense of mutual interrelation and interdependence, and who sees no racial, national, or religious barriers, is a part of the new group of world servers, even if they've never heard of it by name. Members of the group are active in all branches of human enterprise, They include creative workers, psychologists, teachers, scientists, political workers, religious workers, business people, financiers, labor and management environmentalists and human rights workers. Consider for a moment the scientists, 
who contribute all their professional skills and knowledge to the service of humanity and the planet. Financiers and others who work with them who use money wisely in the service of others. Educators who are fiery in their focus on empowering their students to live beautifully, constructively and creatively. Religious people of all faiths who are inspired by a vision of the one life, the one humanity and the one God. World servers like these people are driving the evolution of humanity towards a more cooperative, just and sharing world. And they can be found today in every country in the world and in every community. What is the work of the new group of world servers? Often, without realizing what they're doing, the new group of world servers are discovering and bringing together the men and women of goodwill all over the world. Their work is to inspire, mobilize, and organize the vast numbers of people of goodwill into initiatives furthering the betterment of humanity and the planet. All true servers everywhere belong to the new group of world servers. Whether their line of service is cultural, political, scientific, religious, philosophical, psychological or financial. They constitute part of the inner group of workers for humanity. This new group does not and cannot control the individual server. It brings strength and potency to whatever spiritual activity he or she is engaged in. Where do the new group of world servers get their inspiration and ideas? The power which the new group of world servers is beginning to wield comes from two sources. First, from the community of enlightened beings on the inner side of life. Every spiritual tradition acknowledges the presence of this community of saints and rishis. This inner center has always been responsible for the spread of those ideals and ideas which have led humanity onwards from age to age. Ideas implanted in the minds of the world thinkers receive recognition in due time and eventually become controlling factors in human life. This center of love has always existed and the great leaders of the human race in every field have been connected with it. The second source from which the new group of world servers draws its power is the people of goodwill in the world at any given time. Thoughts and actions of goodwill reflect the power of the human heart. Goodwill is a simple, pure energy, a concern for the good of all and the well-being of the whole. It is easily recognized, love in action at the most basic level. This energy of authentic goodwill is the greatest reservoir any community has to call on. World servers work with this energy in all that they do. What is the festival of the new group of world servers? 
Every seven years, a festival week of the new group of world servers is observed. In the writings of Alice Bailey, it said that during this week, from December the 21st to December the 28th, divine energies of light and love and spiritual power pour into the group of all who love and serve. If a full moon occurs during the week, the opportunity is most significant and special preparations should be made. As people of spiritual intention, we can work together during this week to hold all servers in the light using this mantra of the new group of world servers. May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May I fulfill my part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. Okay, so that was a very interesting. I really recommend that people go check that out, uh, the website, uh, and see uh, Lucia's productions. And uh, you'll see a lot of familiar faces like uh, Mr. Bill Gates and uh, George Soros was featured quite a bit. So all of this language sounds very lovely. And it does sound like love and light and community. And it sounds like a lot of uh, very wonderful things. However, I, I'm personally not feeling a whole lot of love and light from Soros or Gates. So uh, it seems like there's a little bit of counter to what they, the, the language that they've used. Uh, and interestingly enough, this was just before, uh, you know, COVID broke out in 2020, right? So I don't know. I think that's interesting. Interesting timing. I wanted to go through. This is from a very long time ago, but I can't find an updated list. This is all the way back in uh, the newsletter uh, in 1986 of the World Goodwill. But I think just so that people have a sense of who is in partnership with them, and uh, that that's what they say. That is people who have participated in World Service Forum. So just to get a sense of how large the outreach is, it is uh, people who have participated actively are the United Nations Association. This is the London group. So we'll start with that because there's London, New York, and Geneva. 
United Nations Association, the Telhard Center, the International Broadcasting Trust, the Buddhist Society, the Scientific and Medical Network, St. James Church, Emerson College, International Health Research Network, Habitat International Council, the Schumacher Society, the New Economics Foundation, World Health Organization, hmm, I've heard of that one, Peace Through Unity, British Holistic Medical Association, the World Wildlife Fund, which of course we know worked in, uh, was one of uh, Julian Huxley's uh, projects, and he was a also involved with UNESCO. And it looks like Triangles is the branch uh, that's doing a lot of work with education and uh, the World College. So then in New York, World Goodwill gives credit to following organizations for their involvement in its work. And remember, this is 1986, so I'm sure this list is much larger, and I don't know if they're all still actively participating. The Earth Society Foundation. Again, this is in New York. Clergy and Lady Concerned, Waldorf Education, UNICEF, IMAS, Hale House, United Nations Association, Peace Corps, U.S. Mission of the United Nations, Better World Society, which is one of Ted Turner's groups, Foundation for Global Broadcasting, Fellowship and Prayer, the Institute for Cultural Affairs, Physicians for Social Responsibility, the Bank for Social Responsibility, Habitat for Humanity, the Christopher, the Institute for Community Economics, Women's World Banking, Tibetan Buddhist Learning Center, Environmental Action Coalition, the Catholic Worker, the Nicholas Roerich Museum, the International Center for Integrated Studies, Sri Aurobindo Society, Mead Institute for Human Development. And then in Geneva, Switzerland, we find International Commission of Jurists, Pax Christi International, Transnational Perspectives, Amnesty International, United Nations University for Peace, and the Bureau for Affairs of Non-Governmental Organizations of the United Nations Organization. And uh, the so the, the plan that World Goodwill actually put it this way, they, this is to, quote, to initiate an action to prepare for the new world order. And I, I think we'll wrap it up with that because that was kind of my through line, that it seems like they are advancing what we currently hear as the New World Order. Uh, now it's being touted as the Great Reset. And it looks like a lot of the ideology and spiritual uh, doctrines are coming from the Solutions Trust, which was predicated on Alice Bailey's work. So definitely check out more of my work at uh, CourtneyTurner.com. That again is Courtenay is how I spell it. It's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y, Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R.com. And you can find all of my material there. It will link you to whatever your preference for platforms is uh, my show is a long form style mostly interviews and uh, i am pretty accessible my social media is there this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com <laughs>